Hey, this is a Hakawati production. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited about today's show. First of all, because our guest is Samer Huzami, a makeup artist turned entrepreneur who now has his own makeup brand, which is now being sold at Sephora, no less. And I happen to like talking about makeup, of course, but also because the beauty industry as a business, if you think about it, is really fascinating. It's one of the few industries that just keeps growing and growing. No matter what's happening economically and technologically, everyone keeps buying makeup, beauty products, um, and the product itself just doesn't really change. But how do you go from being a makeup artist to overseeing a successful brand and product line? You're about to find out. Please welcome our guest, Samra Huzami. Welcome to the men's room, Samer. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here. Super excited. Great. So tell me a little bit about your journey as a makeup artist. You started uh, in 2011. Yes. How did, how did you get started? Well, actually, it happened earlier than 2011 when I started my career. I, I wouldn't say actually it was my career, but when I started my first job when I was still in high school as uh, in a very small beauty salon where my family is. And uh, at that time, the main focus for me was to try to save money as much as I can to go to the university and to save for my major. And I wanted to major graphic design in the Lebanese university. So I started working in that very small beauty salon. And then I went actually for uh, for my major. And um, in the first year of graphic design at the Lebanese University, I uh, ran out of money <laughs> again, ran out of cash because okay. apparently graphic design is a very expensive major, especially for someone who's not financially um, like... Um, Um, able to support his uh, yeah. material because they ask for a lot of stuff like cardboards mm -hmm. and coloring tools and all these stuff were exp extremely expensive Definitely. for me. So I had to quit my university and decided to go work as a full-time job and then save as much money as possible to um, continue my major. And at that beauty salon, uh, they offered a job for a makeup artist. So I wanted to try to see if I can uh, work in this. Mm -hmm. And I felt that graphic design and makeup are really um, related mm -hmm. uh, in one way or another. So I started working my first, basically, uh, makeup job in that salon. And I never went back to university. Yeah, you, you figured out pretty quickly that you'd make more money yes. doing makeup than uh, buying than pencils and learning how to, yes. uh, how you to know, get a I, job eventually. I, it, it happened. I didn't plan it because every year I say, you know what, I'm going to save a little bit more and go and start the yeah. next year. And here I am so 15 fast, years amazing. later and still didn't go back. So, But fast forward a little bit. So you had a job in a small salon. Then you said yes. you moved on. We were talking earlier. You moved on to a little yeah. bit of a bigger salon. Yes. And... Soon enough, you were buying shares in the salon, right? Yeah, you know, because now, exactly, fast forward, a lot of things happened throughout the years. I worked with a lot of beauty salons in Beirut, like uh, for experience, for um, bringing more database into my clientele and all these things that I think are key to, to build your career. And then I started, uh, I actually bought 
some uh, assets uh, from shareholders in one of um, the beauty salons here in Beirut. And uh, after a while, the makeup basically boomed in a way and I wanted to expand a little bit more. So every now and then I bought a little bit of their shares and uh, until I owned the 100% percent. What do you mean? So then it became your salon. Yeah, it became mine. But what do you mean makeup boomed? Because I think with the... um, Back then with the Instagram still um, being very new and it did have a different uh, kind of management to what's happening now in Instagram, being viral was more accessible and um, I kind of started this social media when it was... What year are we talking about? 2014, okay. I think. I'm not so it was the very really beginning active. of Instagram. Yeah. So there was a lot of space, if you, and that's when you got in, because you have two million followers now. Yeah, and everyone, which is crazy. Uh, and yeah, yeah, and if you if you would uh, see the history of the following, uh, you would see that it decreased in terms of increasing the yes. amount of followers because again. The whole thing in Instagram, other than it's now too crowded of everything, also the system of Instagram and how you see the posts and how you interact with followers became like really very minimal. So how was it better before? It was way better before. Like what what was it about the posts that was more engaging? It was more engaging because it's it it's not as what's happening now. So now you might be following me, but you might not even have access to all of my posts. So it's filtering your posts depending on the uh, accounts that you interact with. Mm. So in my feed, you mean exactly. Ah, so it used to be that if you followed someone, you see everything you they see post. You see everything now. The feed is uh, on an algorithm process system that you will see only what you interact with. Right. Even in the stories, which will basically and one of the major things also that will make you um, not increase uh, your followers way much yeah. is uh, you're not going to go viral uh, anymore, even if you post a, um, a new post and you're having good interaction. Mm-hmm. In the past, if you have a really high interaction on a new post, you would go to the explore section on Instagram where all the accounts Are featured, you, yeah. Are featured. Is this what happened? Is this how you grew? You so don't have this option anymore in yeah. Instagram. So your explore is customized on what you interact with, not mm-hmm. what is trending worldwide. So right. yeah, this is one of the main reasons of my followers. And the other thing, I don't want to discredit my uh, work in in any way. I also no, because was your like, work is amazing. Yeah, also, and of all course. the things that I really wanted to emphasize on uh, on my social media and to be more educative and try to help makeup artists out there to see how things are being done. Thing that we see now a lot happening. And then after that, um, Anastasia was one of the major uh, turning points uh, because we collaborated uh, in year 2015. And this was also one of... Uh, Who's Anastasia? Anastasia Beverly Hills. Anastasia Soar, oh. the owner of okay. Anastasia Beverly Hills. So we collaborated on um, on a masterclass that we did together in LA. Okay. And, um, she, she was already famous back then. For those who don't know, she's like the queen of eyebrows. eyebrows yeah, yes. and she became very famous around the, those years. Exactly. One of the more successful makeup artists who kind of, right? And, Yeah, exploded. She does really. now. Uh, she runs the. She is the CEO and the founder of Anastasia Beverly Hills. If it might uh, 
if you might relate yes, to that. Definitely. So that was also one of the most ter- important turning points, I would say, in my career. Because you kind of joined forces with her and then you benefited yes. from her following and her... Exactly. Right. And her, she, she does have a continuous support, I would say, for me throughout the you years. You still work with her? We're still very close friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, do you think that if you started today, you were starting out today, you'd be able to achieve what you have in terms of social media? You want me to be honest? Yes, or of course. Or to be diplomatic? <laughs> we're always honest in the men's room. Never diplomatic. It's, it's <laughs> extremely hard. Yeah. Extremely hard. Why? There's like two parts, two sides of the story, if I, if I would say. For me, I believe that if you focus on what you want on and how you want to achieve things, if you have a vision, if you have a plan... And you see your goal and just head straight to it, you would reach anything. Now, the facilitation is a little bit more harder because now let's start by social media and then we move into the other part. Social media is extremely crowded. Yes. Not only on a makeup level, on all levels, in all All sectors. All industries, definitely. It's extremely overpopulated with content, if Mm -hmm. I might say. And I think people are starting to to be more bored and lost interest in, in just what's happening now on social media and uh, the whole thing of not being very authentic also mm-hmm. and true to what you are. Yeah, basically. you don't know what's real and what's not anymore. Exactly. It's, and-, and on the other hand of this uh, business, there are monsters now in the business and in this industry specifically. So building your What do you mean portfolio. by monsters? In terms of products, in terms of makeup artists, in terms of the competition that is happening. You mean there's so, a lot of strong competition? Yes. Are you talking yeah. about like big brands? Are you talking about uh, specific makeup artists who've really harnessed, you know, I'm talking more about big brands. Um, yeah. There are a lot of good makeup artists. So uh, your, again, back to your question, is it harder now than earlier uh, before? Yes, it is harder because of all these things. Mm-hmm. The competition is really so strong. You have a platform that could show uh, showcase your work, but also thousands of others. There's a good and bad thing about that. You're accessible, you're reachable to everyone. People will know about you more, but also you need to know how to stand out from the crowd and make yourself unique. So how, how do you do that? Me? Yeah. I mean, now that Instagram is what it is, it's kind of like you said, you could be posting every day. But unless your followers are really into makeup and engaging, they might never see your posts. Exactly. I would tell you that I went in a period of time in this kind of struggle of what to post. Should I um, like go with the flow of what's happening, what's trending? Which is what? What's trending in makeup? Not in makeup, uh, mm-hmm. if I would say. Yeah. On social media, On social what's media. trending now is kind of um, the most unnecessary post that you would ever post. Something that is super uneducational, just maybe funny uh, or... Uh, mm-hmm. You Bullshit, don't want you don't want to look like say. you're selling something, or you don't want to be doing something that's too. If you uh, monitor perfect, what's, yeah. w- w- what's like really gaining a lot of interaction on social media now, you will see that the content is the the most shallow content that you could ever yeah. watch. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I I for a period of time I wanted to do that. Yeah, just to see if 
this is what will give me more interaction with my followers. But I couldn't. And what I do now is that I'm 100% um, true in everything that I post. It reflects me 100%. I cannot be funny. I'm not Mm -hmm. funny. Usually, I'm not a funny person. Okay. I might like uh, <laughs> throw a joke. That uh, was funny. Every, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not an entertainer because yeah. if I might say I might be funny, but I'm not an entertainer specifically. So uh, and I want it to be because sometimes when you see and you're so into social media, you just want to ride the wave and say, all right, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. But it reaches... Um, you, you want to be authentic. Point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you're not true to yourself. You're not that. happy. I don't want actually just to gain attention. I'm not seeking that. I have something to offer. I'm more into the educational part of uh, of this industry where I can help people um, make their career better or improve their skills. And that's all what I do. So, but you also have a YouTube channel. Yeah. How different is that? I mean, YouTube has gone through a lot lately like in terms of uh, advertising and all that but it still feels like that's kind of where you'll find real content how, how are you dealing let me with tell you yeah let me tell you how i deal with social media and all its elements like clearly yeah because let's just say on youtube you do basically makeup tutorials yeah, which are amazing all, they're yeah. very well produced by the way i've seen them thank you so, Still not able to do anything what you do, but <laughs> I'll keep watching. Keep watching. <laughs> yeah. Keep watching. So let me tell you, I, I always tell the whole team um, this. We don't work for social media. We just showcase what we do on social media. So for me, this is a very simple way of dealing with things and knowing your um, target from any platform. So I do what I do. We really give it our best. We try as much as we can that our production is really on top of things. Um, the whole the, the concept, the lightning, the voiceover, what's being said, uh, the uh, consistency in, in posting uh Everything yeah. as it should be. Yeah. And then you just put it out there and keep doing what you're doing in yeah. terms of your business. So kind of like an exercise in being consistent and uh, exactly true because to your brands. I've sat with a lot of um, YouTubers and bloggers and content uh, creators. And you feel that their mindset is, um, I don't want to say limited, but they work for social media. So even if they want to eat they make sure that they just yes. uh, take a picture of what they're going to eat. I really don't I know can't. how people can live like that. But you're right. That's some people's job it, I, is to be social media. On, like, yeah. That's their job. And I don't want to live this life. Yeah. No. But but you've still harnessed it pretty well, which is interesting. And it's interesting. The timing is interesting because you're right. I yeah. don't think that yeah. doing what you do, it would be possible to do that today. It wouldn't. <laughs> so, but but um, let's talk a little bit about your products. So yeah. you ended up uh, launching your own product line when? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> which, by the way, is uh, your products are beautiful and Thank I love you. the packaging. Thank um, you so much. Yeah, we we launched, to be more accurate, in 2015. We started with the brand. That's four uh, years ago. Four years ago. <laughs> I'm so bad in math. You are funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm so bad. No, it's, so, it's fine. Um, yeah, with the brushes. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't have the plan, to be very honest with you, to expand into a makeup line at okay, that moment. Okay, you didn't? No. So um, you traveled around the world. Um, we started the tour in 2014. It w- was you were training other makeup artists? Other makeup artists or any aspiring... Um, People or, who were yeah. wanted to... Anyone makeup? who's into makeup. That was with Anastasia. Anastasia was one of the um, stops that I had in LA okay. and we collaborated in LA for uh, our uh, master class together. But I've went all over um, New York, Australia, Canada, um, India. So um, you, you, you and your team planned those uh, Yes, we planned sessions. this. Yeah, it's a format basically that uh, tours all around the, um, the world. Mm-hmm. So wherever... A lot of makeup artists do that right um, is this like a kind of a standard way for a makeup artist to kind of build there his reputation of, there are a lot of classes that are happening uh, i wouldn't say they are world tours because f- until this day i don't want to like sound uh, arrogant but not yet another makeup artist have been to all the countries that i've um, had classes and really so, so what yeah. are some of the interesting countries you've I've been everywhere like like seriously Sydney um, Melbourne uh, India Venezuela uh, Colombia Mexico Brazil wow uh, Romania uh, amazing the, all the Arab countries without uh, naming you're them you're still all. doing that right we're still doing that I'm traveling to India next week for so, a new class in so new who Delhi. do you how do you like hook that up I mean you you get in touch with a salon there or people no, artists the, there how do you the class is uh, very well organized and it's um, it's not an easy job how do you promote so... it like to get people to I mean they don't you're you know the Just celebrities a, makeup a, artists a simple post on Instagram yeah that's it okay a simple post because you have followers Instagram. from all over the world yeah I see. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically a format that um, we just uh, have. And wherever you uh, go, like any class or any destination, basically, you will basically have the same experience in each and every country. And that's interesting, actually, because that means you've worked with in all different types of cultures. Yes. Are there major differences in the way people kind of uh, consume beauty and makeup around the world and how would you describe the Middle East's relationship with the beauty industry and women and makeup here? All right. There is not, I wouldn't say it's a different uh, approach to to makeup, but there is type of um, character that um, woman uh, would like to show in herself depending on the region that or the tradition that she comes from. So like, for example, in India, they are more into the vibrant colors and into defining their features uh, because the tradition is all about vibrant colors. And so it resembles a lot with with how they've been raised. Mm-hmm. But at the end, everyone would like to be beautiful and everyone just wants to improve the the outer uh, look which will directly affect also how she's feeling from the inside so dealing with different um, cultures will make your imagination even more bigger and wider and you'll have the ability to be even more creative when mm. you see like really a variety of Uh, cultures and mm-hmm. how people interact with makeup. Now, as for the Middle East, again, it's the culture. So how you've been raised up, what are the stories that you've heard when you were young, you know? So yeah. it all affects how you think beauty Do should... Do women in the Middle East wear more makeup, say, than, I don't know, Europe, 
Europe definitely, or America. Definitely, but it's also not only because she likes to wear a lot. Yeah. Again, her skin type, her skin color, the face features will eventually also affect how uh, the amount of makeup that you're going to wear. But it's interesting, so, actually, because if you look at Middle East, sorry to interrupt, mm. but if you look at Middle Eastern women, they have stronger features, bigger eyes, dark, darker eyelashes, and, and yet they wear more makeup. Yeah, because again... Starting from skin, if you if we we would say skin is a very important factor in in our uh, region, we have thick skin usually, uh, um, and more um, discoloration would show on our skin types than a very fair or light skin type. So again, you need to add a little bit more coverage. And as mm. for the eyes and the amount of uh, makeup that goes on the eye and how we try to make our eyes bigger, our lashes longer, yeah. especially in the Middle East, that goes back to how we um, perceive beauty and what we've been raised on as beauty mm -hmm. and the references that we have in mind, like, you know, how strong is Layla and uh, the stories of uh, the elder people yeah. and what they used to tell us that she's so pretty and yeah. this is how she used to look like yeah. and you know you need to be a very uh, dramatic with your eyeliner and black will make you charming you know and yeah. they, and in the Arab region you know sometimes I think they still do it until these days they uh, they put the kahal in, cool, the, yeah. in the newborn babies they for do? Yeah they do for men and for women so for yeah. the female and for the male because they consider that having strong black Eyes and defined yeah. eyes are, are are something is something very beautiful. Is, yeah. So this is again a tradition, and it's a long tradition. I mean, women have been doing that forever. Forever. Which is actually what I uh, talked about in in the introduction to this episode. How the beauty industry or makeup hasn't really changed all that much. It's not it's not a product that's been revolutionized like say cars. You know, cars yeah. are like I mean, from when they were invented to now, it's like. Besides the fact they have four wheels, they've changed quite a bit. Um, makeup doesn't really uh, evolve. evolve. Does it evolve? How much does it, it does, evolve? It does, I think. Yeah, I, think I mean, it, you it, know all the details. It so. evolves a lot. Now. Yeah. The, every day there's something new. Like, And when I uh, got into the factories and started working with factories and uh, seeing how things are ha happening and going into fairs, Every year there is a new um, item and new product and the texture is becoming uh, um, more uh, improved and something is more innovative. Mm -hmm. So I think it's evolving, but there is a kind of standard beauty, uh, if I would say, uh, concept in our head yeah. that needs to evolve faster than how it was. Yeah. I mean, if you look at lipstick, I mean, okay, you have a liquid lipstick. And, I mean, there's only so many kinds of lipsticks you can make, right? Yes, but you, you'd you be surprised also. At the formulations. Yes. Yeah, and I guess when you really think about it. More innovative ways of... Uh, of how you can apply the lipstick on. Like, for example, now they created a printer, that, a laser printer that mm -hmm. can directly apply the makeup on your face with a picture that you choose. What? Uh, yeah. That's so, amazing. You see, so it is evolving. Wow. And, yeah. Who, and, who made that? 
I think there's someone in Japan you can research it again. Japanese are the best in technology. So, but they are doing it prints directly on your it face. It prints directly on your face. Wow. You can just choose the colors, the makeup style that you want, and it prints Doesn't it directly. Doesn't that make you worried though that then you won't need makeup artists anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, because I think until this becomes to, uh, an easy access to everyone, I wouldn't be still wouldn't be doing worried. makeup. Uh, I wouldn't be worried. Okay. <laughs> no. Good. Good. I need to get my hands on one of those. Or you. You can come over. <laughs> um, so your products are now... How, how many products do you have in your brand now? All right. So the brand started by categories. Uh, yeah. The launches that uh, the brand is uh, is considering is we always launch by category and we started with skin category. First you had the brushes. We had the brushes in 2015. Okay. Uh, and after that, the demand... The, the, Interaction and uh, uh, how people received, uh, it? received it was so amazing. Mm -hmm. I really didn't expect that. And uh, when we launched the brushes, everyone started saying, please complete the line we want. So I felt that people really trust the name mm -hmm. and trust everything that I'm doing. So I thought to myself, all right, so why not? Let's try to do something. And... Um, I don't come from a business background and definitely not a, um, a chemist. So I don't know anything about production in terms of business and in terms of formulating. Yes. So, I, for example, I would know if this is a good foundation or a bad foundation, but why? I don't know. Right. I don't know the composition. Makes so sense. It wasn't mm -hmm. easy for me to go into the labs and starting to discover and... Uh, when I wanted to create my foundation, I had in mind the technical things that I wanted, like I wanted my foundation to do this and that. But technically, and the composition of the formula was something very hard. And I had to go in depth working with the factory and the labs to learn Mm -hmm. what is basically the foundation all about and how um, adding or removing ingredients would really affect your final result. Mm -hmm. So it was a very long process and uh, this is how it all came together. So we started with the foundation, a makeup base, the concealer and a setting powder as a first launch because also I feel that whenever a brand um, gains the trust of uh, her the clients and skin whatever that the brand will launch later on it will be definitely uh, a win situation because we've already gained your trust it's kind of the hardest part right is the yes foundation. it is the hardest part so whenever you find your perfect foundation mm -hmm. is very hard for you to switch to another brand yeah so you just stick it's like you know like your toothpaste for sure, example you sure. if it's over you're just gonna go buy the same thing again so um this is what i really wanted to focus on in in starting the brand is to build trust with so my that's, so you still that's basically what you have now right it's the the yes, foundation and this the, is the first category core, yeah the the core and uh, then we launched uh, two months ago our face palette which is the bronzer the highlighter and the blusher so we're continuing basically yeah. the skin uh, category yeah. next month we launch our compact powders Amazing. and yeah so how did you get into sephora how when did you get in sephora and how did that happen all right so we launched in sephora 
two months ago. Yeah, Sephora uh, Middle East, of Sephora, course. Sephora, yeah, we're exclusive with Sephora Middle East for the next three years. What do you mean? Does that mean you can't sell anywhere else? We cannot sell anywhere else. It's only uh, at Sephora. Uh, in the Middle East? In the Middle East and what if, in, online. And what about globally? Like what if Harrods in, in England, in the UK we came can. to you? We yeah? can. Okay. Uh, uh, legally we can. Okay. But um, I don't want to say that it's not on um, my mind right now, but we are an emerging brand mm-hmm. and for me it's very important to be aware of uh, where you stand right now yeah. and where you want to reach in the future for mm-hmm. me i'm building the assets of my brand yeah. i'm building every uh, step of the awareness and uh, the sales if i might say yeah. and the turnover and the expansion uh, and where we want to be So I don't want to jump steps. For Definitely. me, being in Sephora Middle East now is a major thing for the brand to expand, to uh, raise uh, awareness and to um, build stronger assets. And then in the future, we do definitely have the plan of uh, expanding in more Uh, POSs throughout mm. the globe. And you sell online as well? We do sell online, yes, definitely. Is that something that's easy, difficult? I mean, in the US, for example, um, and in Europe, I guess, but mostly, I would say in America, everything is online now. But in the Middle East, it's still kind of lagging behind. Certain sectors are kind of building their online presence. Do mm. you feel that it's uh, something that's changing quickly? Is it Is it a in good the Arab uh, region? Yeah. Um, all right. So how are you doing with your online sales? We're doing. We're performing really, really, really well. But okay. funny enough, what you just said, our highest sales are in the U.S. Oh. So it makes a lot of sense of yeah. what you just said. Uh, and the so Arab, people from the U.S. are ordering your products from here, and you're so shipping yes. there. Yes. Number one is U.S. I think number two is London, and number three is UAE. Okay. Uh, I'm not like super accurate, but I yeah. know that the USA is number one because since we launched our e-shop mm-hmm. until this day, yeah. the US is always number one for us. So so how do you do the shipping? I mean, do you give free shipping? Do you charge we for shipping? We have $30 shipping if your order is less than $130. And then it's free if it's a hundred over hundred thirty. And if it's anyways, the... we can check check those details. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I'm telling you, you are funny. <laughs> you no, should but... know that. No, I guess it's a detail. I, but yeah, it is a detail that at some point in in this uh, everything yeah. uh, the everything that is on my my shoulders, I yeah, try to you can't just remember yeah. Anything. I, I don't blame you. It's a lot to remember, but um, I think it's just an interesting question because I think uh, in the U.S. again. Everything is free shipping. So if a company in the Middle East wants to build an online presence, I mean, do, does that make a difference? It's, that's the reason I was kind of if asking. If it's a free shipping. I think it makes, yeah. Yeah. It but makes I th- it much but more accessible. For the price uh, rate that we we have yeah. for the products, if you buy two or three products, you're already above $130. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have your... What is the price range of your products? Average. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not gonna. I'll do the talking. I'm not gonna ask you Average. any more questions. What are you wearing today? <laughs> Something easier. You have. I, I can't imagine. I'm kidding, of course. I can't imagine the number of things that you're thinking about as a business owner. Not so. You still tell me what your average day is like. I mean, are you doing makeup 
and running the business and what's your average At day? At the moment, I do everything. I still do makeup because it's my passion and I love it a lot. Unfortunately, I don't have the, the, the time to do it uh, as often as I would love to, but I try as much as I can. So, yeah, I'm the first to reach the office, last to leave, if I would like to just tell you. Yeah. So what time do you go in and leave? I reach the office around 7.38 mm-hmm. and I leave 7.38. Wow, long days. And <laughs> yeah. when you say the office, that's the salon that you run? And the and yeah, there's an and, office and within that ten, space? Yes, and there's the offices for the brand. So, how so many, they are basically yeah. two separate entities okay. and we're actually closing the, uh, the salon uh, end of this month. Okay. Uh, because we're switching into the corporate structure for the whole company just to move into the brand and restructure the whole thing. So you will no longer be running a salon? Yes. Wow, exactly. that's a big shift. That's a, yeah, that's a, a huge change. shift because the way that things are going and yeah. the way that the business is evolving and the um, responsibility and the work that needs to be done in the brand is really on a very... Um, a larger um, scale. A, a larger yeah. scale. And even the forecast, I don't want to say forecast, but what you expect from the brand to do is yeah. really on a bigger scale of uh, for the whole business. Yeah. So that's why we took the decision to switch into the corporate st- structure. And how many employees do you have now? At the moment, 12. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just we were talking earlier and where I met you was when you were uh, you came to uh, Qatar with For Fashion the, Trust Arabia. Yeah. You were basically the main makeup artist. And uh, I went to the to your suite yeah, where you were doing yeah, makeup true. and you had a lot of actually big personalities coming in and out. Yeah. I saw Nikki Hilton there. Yes. Um, I'm sure you have a lot of names of people. A lot. Karen uh, Reutfeld, uh, Cindy Bruna, um, um, a lot. I wouldn't want uh, to... Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. quite an operation you, you were Maria running there. Borges, you a had lot. a team of makeup artists yeah, and all have... the, the, basically the people involved, women, obviously, uh, had appointments to come and, and meet yes. with your makeup artists. And it's, they were so a, great and professional, by the way. Thank you. It was you. really impressive. But thank so you. so you're going to be part of Fashion Trust Arabia again uh, next yes. year. So we're basically, we were the official sponsors as uh, as the glam team for Fashion Trust Arabia last year. Yeah. Year one for them as well. And definitely we're, we're already in the um, process of finalizing everything for year two. Because as... Uh, I was telling you earlier, this year is a bigger year for Fashion Trust Arabia because they have a stronger pitching document now for year uh, year two. So everyone is interested after the success that they did in year one and... uh, the, the whole media was talking about uh, That's great. the event in, in, uh, in Qatar. And, very exciting. Uh, yeah, very. So w- what advice would you have for a wannabe um, makeup artist who has, you know, big, big dreams? Be, I have two advices, if I would say. The first one is make sure that you really want to be a makeup artist because you love it. Not because it's a direct and uh, fast way to fame and money. Because it is direct to fame and money it is a fast way but if you don't like it you're gonna hate the way going there so and because i see a lot of people now 
and I meet them sometimes on the street and every, uh, all what they say is they just love to become a makeup artist. Do you have the talent? No, but I just want to become a makeup artist because I think they see what's happening on social media and the celebrities and the photo shoots and they think that life is pink for a makeup artist and everything is, oh, it's so happy and it's so nice and we just go for a photo shoot. It's not like this. It's really very hard. So if you don't love it, if you don't have passion and if you don't have talent, give it a second thought. Yeah. Change your mind. You still have Definitely. time. And if you have the talent and if you have the passion, mm -hmm. what would my uh, advice be is to be true to yourself and never lose your passion. This is very, very, very important. And I personally believe that to be successful in a makeup artist's career, it's 20% of your talent and 80% of your hard work, persistent and determination and really putting your heart and soul in what you do that will make you successful. Don't just rely on your talent because everyone is talented. I think that's great advice for yeah. whatever industry someone exactly. chooses to Not be Exactly, not only in. as a makeup artist. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that At and for all. coming in today and inspiring people who My are listening. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the show today. Do you have any questions about this show or our ideas for another episode? You can share your comments on our page on hackawadi.com. And don't forget to subscribe while you're there so we can let you know when there's a new episode. See you next time.